when you vote, you are exercising political authority. You're using force. And force, my friends, is violence. The supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. Uh, my mother always said violence never solves anything. Really? I wonder what the city fathers of Hiroshima would say about that. You. They probably wouldn't say anything. Hiroshima was destroyed. Correct. Naked force has resolved more issues throughout history than any other factor. The contrary opinion, that violence never solves anything, is wishful thinking at its worst. People who forget that always pay. Rico, what's the moral difference, if any, between a civilian and a citizen? A citizen accepts personal responsibility for the safety of the body politic, defending it with his life. A civilian does not. The exact words of the text. But do you understand it? Do you believe it? I don't know. Of course you don't. I doubt anyone here would recognize civic virtue if it reached up and bit you in the ass. everybody welcome to generation loss the show about movies featuring Bryn and jeremy that doesn't take itself very seriously not too seriously not too seriously and also <laughs> fuck bugs we don't like bugs <laughs> bugs can suck it you know what i'm saying with their yeah, weird we, little lips we're anti-bug uh, yeah, I don't like the one... Kill them with, all. Kill their whole race. Don't like the one with the pincer mouth. Don't like the one with the vagina mouth. One don't thing like we any know of about, them. <laughs> one thing we know about bugs is that they're a race. Don't like and, them. <laughs> and that we hate them. We're racist <laughs> against bugs. I got in trouble once um, when we were doing Albumer uh, for saying that I hate bugs and I want to kill them all. Um, and I had said that any bug, I don't care. I don't... I'm not like trying to learn about which ones are beneficial to the ecosystem or whatever. <laughs> Bugs gotta go, period. <laughs> and the well, thing that I the thing I got in wrong, trouble for yeah, the thing I, I got in trouble for was saying even the big bumblebees, the big Aww. fat ones that don't hurt you, even they gotta go. <laughs> I do I do like the bumblebees. There, I so haven't cute. seen one in a long ass time. I don't even know where they are anymore. They're are they around. gone. No, they they exist. They're really cute. Did they did they fall to the colony collapse disorder? Uh, I don't think so. I think I've heard fine. I've heard Albert Einstein said when the bees go, we go. He said that. That's what I heard. So you think you think you think Einstein is wrong? I think no, I don't think he's wrong. I just think we should go if that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, you're just saying yeah, that's right. We should go. Fuck yeah. them. Fuck the, <laughs> fuck bugs. Suicide packed with bugs. Yeah, fuck bugs for life. I'm a really not a big fan of bugs. I mean, no, I like, like I fully have like, you kill it for me, please. Like, literally, just today had the exterminator here to do tomorrow his little, to do his little monthly maintenance or, or every, quarterly or whatever. Every year I've lived in this apartment, we have had an infestation of a different bug. Oh, nice! Like when we first moved here. There was just like a hundred flies in the house. And mm-hmm. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what was going on. We had flypaper. And then like the summer passed and then they all went away. 
and then it was ants. Oh. And then it was spiders. Spiders. Lots and you haven't had roaches yet? To this year's roaches. This year's roaches. Roaches are the ones that I just never could get rid of in New York. And I brought them here with me. That fucking sucked. How did you but do that? I don't know. But something that we brought from New York had roaches in it. They followed us here. Everybody I've talked to here is like, no, there's no fucking roaches in St. Louis. Like, we don't have them. So, like, <laughs> I fucking brought them from New York. But I think we finally. Is it the little, this, like, line ones? They're that, like the. No, they're not, like fat asses. They're like little. They're little bumpy guys. Um, ew, you got those? You got, yeah, like, dude. hissing cockroaches? Like No, the, they don't hiss. They're just fat. Um, and we. Uh, I think we finally got rid of them by throwing out. Um, we threw out a fucking old coffee maker, and I think that was that oh, was they were in the there? culprit. I think they were in there. I cleaned out my computer yesterday because I got a new heart, a big fat eight terabyte hard drive. Nice. And uh, to put movies on. That's a lot um, of terabytes. <laughs> it is. And uh, there was like dead cockroaches in there in the bottom of the case. Christ. <laughs> Like, well, what are they nothing, even doing in there? What do they want? Here. Just, what do they want? There's no food. There's no water. Do they eat dust? Maybe. There was dust in there. God damn. Bugs fucking suck. And Fuck for that bugs. reason, I'm very much on the side of the uh, the United Citizen Federation <laughs> as depicted in Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, for many reasons, including yeah. that one. Including uh, that one, but not limited to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have a lot to say about Starship Troopers. We haven't said this is the Dark Council's Verhoeven month. This is mm -hmm. the last week of the month. This is, um, we have done Robocop, Flesh Plus Blood, Total Recall, and now whatever this is called, Starship, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is a classic, one that uh, had a big revolution mm -hmm. uh, of, of appreciation like in 2016. Yeah, um, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but it's not time to talk about that yet, Bryn. It isn't time. To I'll talk tell you about what that. it is time to talk about. What is and, it? And uh, I usually am not the one to initiate this, but <laughs> frankly, Bryn, I have not watched anything this week. I'm trying to buy a house, and it's taken a <laughs> lot of my time. So, Bryn, I must know. What did you watch this week? Thank you so much for asking, Jeremy. You're I welcome. luckily have banked up a whole bunch of stuff. I watched something on New Year's that I haven't talked about yet. Wow. I watched something that's from a going far weeks. back. <laughs> <laughs> I watched something from a couple of weeks. So we're gonna we're gonna start with the thing I watched most recently mm -hmm. and then go backwards. Okay. Um so the thing I wanted to talk about uh that I'm excited to talk about is I watched uh, Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie's The Curse. Ooh, uh, I really want to watch it. I don't have any way of watching it yet. Why not? I just got to download it, I think. Oh, yeah. you Because I, I don't have the whatever streaming platform. It's on like Showtime or something, right? Uh, I'm just going to fucking, you know what? I'm just going to commit to it, and I'm just going to download it right now. You should. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to steal it. What, what if I said something negative about it? Uh, no, it's, it's positive. There's no it's, way. Yeah, there's, it's there's great. no way. <laughs> uh this this is a show that's interestingly not that discoursey. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like maybe I've just been a little off Twitter. Um Well, I feel like I I'm seeing people say how good it is and that is kind of all that's that I'm seeing. That's kind of it. And then I'm seeing people say that the ending kind of like some people say it sucks, some people say it's great. 2.7 out of 5 on Google reviews by the way. 
low. Yes. What? I think it's I think it's very um it's uh, divisive. Uh, it's divisive. Uh that's interesting. I've only heard good things about this show and so I watched it. Also, I was going to watch it cuz come on, it's Nathan Fielder. Come like on. we we spent a lot of time talking last year about was it last year that the rehearsal came out? Uh um, yeah, probably. Uh the rehearsal was fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of the most interesting pieces of television I've ever seen. Uh, really, really recommend you watch the rehearsal if you haven't seen the rehearsal. Um, this one is very different because it's a scripted fictional show. Um, and it's, um, I guess I was a little bit weird. Uh, I was a little bit weirded out by that concept. I was like, is this going to work? Is his whole shtick going to work within this context? Um, but when I saw the first trailer, I was like, this is going to be awesome. Like, this is going to mm-hmm. be really interesting no matter what they do. And they, it's a pretty scathing indictment of a, a few specific types of people, specifically rich uh, real estate people. Um, oh, interesting. It's like a, um, so it's like a, uh, it's like a fake reality TV show, right? So, no, it's a it's a really it's a it's a very like single camera show about two people making a reality TV show. Okay. Um, and you very rarely even get much of the actual show. Like, you watch you're only watching the show that they're making when they're watching it. Like, mm-hmm. there's no real like blurry lines of like when is the show happening. It's a it's a fictional movie style show. Um. Which is really interesting because, you know, you'd kind of expect Nathan to want to do something more like the rehearsal or something, you know, like have it be like, okay, this is a show and then you're you're seeing the truth behind it. But it's not like that. Right. Um, I expected it to be like that. Um, It isn't. Um, This is a show about two people who are making a show called Flip Flip Lanthropy (laughs) (laughs) for... It's hard to say, flip-lanthropy. Um, so the idea is, is she is a Emma Stone. First of all, right off the bat, Emma Stone puts in the performance of a lifetime in this show. She mm-hmm. is incredible. I've never really, I've always liked her. Like, she seems like a cool person. And I've liked sure. her when she's, you know, whatever. I have no negative feelings about Emma Stone. I've never thought of her as, like, an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. But like she takes this part and like really makes it something like Oscar worthy. Like she she should win a prize for this, I think. Not the Oscar, I think that's she, for sure. I think she got the snubbed other one. At, she got <laughs> that... snubbed at the Emmys, I think, for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy. So the point is that she is a rich kid. You slowly find out you slowly find out things out about these characters. The point is they have a show that they're making a pilot for for HDTV, mm-hmm. a real channel, right? Or HDTV? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, HDTV is real. And uh, they actually have Rachel Ray on a at hotel some point. room classic. <laughs> um, it's weird because the show isn't on HGTV, so I don't know how they like got the permission to like pretend mm-hmm. like they're making the show with them. Maybe they all owned by the same company or something. Um, point is, they're making this pilot. And it's about <laughs> it's about making these things called passive homes, 
which are like carbon neutral, extremely good for the environment, like don't have AC, but like are built like thermoses so that like they have temp they're temperate in the desert or whatever. And they're yeah. all like made of mirrors. Um, so they like reflect the community back. Like she's like this green okay. liberal lady, mm -hmm. but she's, her parents are real estate moguls. Like they are rich and have like many, many properties all over the country. And she basically is only able to do this because of her parents' money. Right. Or not basically like literally she could, you know, she has no job. <laughs> uh, she's also, but she wants to do it, but woke. Like she wants to do what her parents is doing, but good. Like really help people make, leave the community better than it was kind of person, which is like a hilarious paradox, which is like, why would you coming in and doing different stuff? Like, why does it need to change? Right. Um, which is what the show explores, which is like, you can't really do that. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't really come in and make a show about how good of a person you are by throwing money at this community and like not expect to ruin everyone's life. Mm -hmm. Um, Nathan is a Nathan basically plays Nathan. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I assumed that I don't know that he has a huge range is kind of his deal. Right. Like, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. he, <laughs> He plays this character who, when he's on screen and when he's like on, he's this sort of like Nathan, very awkward, not like very, you know, heart does isn't great at pulling off jokes, says stuff he doesn't mean. But then mm -hmm. he like has this other side to him where he like threatens people and like, <laughs> like, it's like, don't you ever talk to my fucking wife that way? I will fucking murder you. Like, and he's so good. Like when he mm -hmm. gets into like acting mode, when he's like his personality changes on a dime, like the the like the weird craven like freak he creates out of this guy is really good. Uh -huh. Um, and you've never seen him act this way because he's he's always being he's supposed to be genuine in in like the rehearsal and in Nathan for you, but in this show he's supposed to be like an asshole, like this weird shitty guy who like has no ego but like it's just defensive and weird uh right and it, he's great it's it's he does a really good job benny safty is the director mm -hmm. of the show um <laughs> how is he as an actor he's incredible yeah he's so funny he he plays this sort of like hollywood like he has turquoise rings on every finger <laughs> and his like hair is long uh, like he puts it in like a man bun ponytail sometimes and he wears like vests and like mm -hmm. boot cut jeans with boots, you know? Um, and he's just like, yeah, that's great. You know, that's so good. Why don't we try it this way though? Like, what if we did this? You know, he's just that kind of like real, like he encapsulates the idea of like a shitty sleazy reality TV director. Who's like really milking the fact that he's di a director, you mm -hmm. know, like, it's just like I'm a director. Like I'm the create. I'm creative, and I know how to talk to actors, and I know how to talk to people in my life. Um, <laughs> but he's just like a raging alcoholic uh, who killed his wife drunk driving, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which comes up midway through the season in just like the most horrific way. Uh, so everyone's dealing with these like really, really dark things underneath. 
mm-hmm. um, what they're trying to do, which is present themselves as like good Samaritan real estate developers, <laughs> uh, which leads to them ruining everyone's life around them. Um, and yeah, it's sort of a character study of the type of evil person you have to be to be so blinded by your own ego and narcissism to do something like this and not realize you're being evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of personality types those people are. Um, and the, so the whole thing is like, the concept of the show is <laughs> he, he gives this little girl a hundred dollars for the camera, just like as B roll. Like he's like, hey, go buy Benny. Benny Safty is like, hey, go buy that little girl's lemonade. She's got a lemonade stand. Go buy something. And he mm-hmm. like realizes he only has a hundred, and he and he's like, just give it to her. Like you have money. Like don't just right. give her. You know, it'll look good. It'll look great. He's like, oh, all I have is a hundred. Just keep it. And she's like, oh my god, thanks. And then he leaves. And then after the cameras are off, he goes back and he's like, can I just like get that back and i'll give you the regular change and she's like no and then she (laughs) and so he like yanks it from her they're still filming this he yanks it from her and then uh she's like i curse you and then he's like what and he tries to run to an atm to like give her you know twenty dollars he's like i'll Uh give you actual money but not that much and like they leave and so he never gets to he tells he hides this from uh emma stone and then she finds out about it watching the footage and she's mm-hmm. like, you have to make this right. Go find them and give them a hundred dollars. So he's like, you don't believe in curses. Like it's not a real thing. So no one like believes in any of supernatural stuff, uh-huh. but it's like, you're just thinking about it. Like, but what if it, what if something is weird? So it's sort of like this idea that you, your guilt and conscious like is your curse. Like Mm -hmm. they're the curse on this town. They're like animosity with the, with the locals and the actual community and is like sort of like this otherworldly thing. That's like making their lives bad. Uh, So there isn't really anything supernatural that happens in the show um, until the very end. Yeah. So this is what I heard is that like, (laughs) I didn't hear anything about anything supernatural, but what I had heard was that like the show is kind of chugging along really nicely. And then basically the way it ends is either you either love it or you hate it. And um, so it's something supernatural. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, is it kind of like, I mean, I feel like this is a way that people talked about um, this is kind of an out of left field poll, but um, um, the first Ari Aster movie, uh, Hereditary. Um, I feel like this is kind of how people mm. talk about Hereditary, where it's like, you know, like 99% of the movie you're just like on board for. And then like once it actually is satanic ritual, you're like, what? Oh, really? <laughs> I love, I thought that was great. I don't know. I loved that. No, I know. But I mean, I, I don't remember if I liked that or not, but I, I do remember that people Some were people. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, is this just about grief or is it actually a demon? Mm hmm. Um, and then it is both actually, uh, it's sort of like that, except I think it's hard to explain without spoiling it. And I will not be spoiling Mm -hmm. it for Jeremy or for you listeners. So don't, 
I mean, if you if 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 you're already mad at me for saying that something kind of supernatural happens, uh, yeah, sure, skip ahead. But um, <laughs> and sorry, I won't say anything more than that. Um, I I I'll say this: what I knew going in is that the ending was wild, mm-hmm. and something weird happens like something very strange happens um and that's that's what i knew and this did not ruin it for me i would have never expected what the fuck happens it's crazy and i love it of course like Mm -hmm. i love it um it's meta i'll say this something happens that is pays off quite a few different things that happen earlier in the show if you're paying attention literally in a way that is very surreal and horrifying and strange. Um, and that's all I'll say. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's hard to explain why it's good, but I, what the thing is that it's a metaphor, like the curse has always been a metaphor, mm-hmm. but then something different happens that you weren't expecting. That is, uh, kind of just feels like emotionally true um it kind of turns into a lynch movie or like maybe even weirder than that it's uh it's really hard to explain and i would just say just watch it it's yeah if that sounds interesting to you uh it's really i mean the first nine episodes are the most uncomfortable nathan fielder style comedy where they're just like putting each other in really awkward situations trying especially with like poor people and people who are working for them and they're just like uh, there's like a whole side plot where um she's quote unquote friends with this like local native american artist who Mm -hmm. like clearly hates her guts like clearly just thinks she's a huge asshole but is like kind of persuaded into hanging out with her like you know doing stuff with her because she has a lot of money and is buying her art, you know? So she, Emma Stone thinks they're friends. And then she's like, this is a client I have, but she keeps inviting her to like parties and like out to dinner and stuff. And like their relationship as like client employee friend or not friend is just like, it's nails on a chalkboard, like <laughs> cringe inducing where it's just like, Oh my God, please stop behaving this way. Uh, <laughs> there's also a whole subplot about Nathan having a very tiny penis. Nice. There's like a CGI small dick, <laughs> maybe not CGI, but like they show multiple penises in this show that are uh-huh. all really small. Uh, and that's like him dealing with his insecurities. Uh, lots of really fun, weird subplots. Um, watch the show. It's a good show. Uh, when Jeremy watches the show, we'll spoil it. Yeah, we'll talk um, more more in depth about it. So you've got you you've, I'd say you probably got like two weeks. You got like a yeah by the end of March, or excuse me, February. Yeah, you're gonna want to have watched this by the end of February if you don't want it spoiled. Right, it's a good show. I think it it will be on my list of best shows. Not that I even make lists like this anymore, but like. If I was going to make a list, I think it'll be. Wait, was this last year or this year? Did the this curse year? Because just... I think the curse finale out, like yeah. literally just aired. Right. Maybe it's straddled. 
I think it's straddled. It it came out yeah. November tenth because it's ten episodes. If they came out once a week, then yeah. Well, whatever. I think it's probably the best show I've watched in a long time, uh, since the rehearsal. So, highly recommended. Um, since we're already talking about shows, um, I'm gonna recommend another thing I watched this week, or not this week. Last weekend, mm-hmm. um, I watched about five hours of unsolved mysteries (laughs) okay (laughs) unsolved mysteries if you don't know is a show from the 80s um jeremy have you seen unsolved mysteries Uh, i mean i'm sure i have but uh i i couldn't say for sure uh it became a series it was like a special seven specials in 1987 it became a full-fledged series in 1988 and it ran till 2010 god that's crazy i did not know that i think of this expressly as a 80s 90s show um and then they rebooted it later but don't worry about that um this show is amazing um Mm -hmm. and texturally like one of the most cozy and interesting things I could possibly watch. Um, the music and I, I, I'm, I'm really interested if anybody has not seen this, what they would think about it, watching it now. Um, Cause this for me was like really, really nostalgic to go back and watch unsolved mysteries. Um, Robert. Yeah, so Stack, I have like a little bit of it kind of running right now. I mean, this doesn't look like I'm. I couldn't say for certain whether I've seen this before, but it's very interesting. It looks like um, it reminds me of like uh, um, America's Most Wanted. Um, I never really watched that show. This show has like a spooky underlying tone. Mm-hmm. Um, the song is really spooky. The visuals and and like graphics are really spooky. It's like that '80s really bad CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, for the visuals um but these aren't like murders and stuff so no that's what's so interesting is that some of them are murders Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are murders that are unsolved where it's like somebody's body washed up on the shore or like this guy got like here are some examples this guy got irate one day at his job and like got in his car and drove for seven hours his, his car was found in the middle of Montana, like hundreds of miles from where he lived with no one there. And then he just disappeared off the face of the earth and no one knows why. Stuff like that, where it's just like, what happened? <laughs> what mm-hmm. happened to this guy? And so it has this weird, like existential terror of just like these weird things that happen in, in the world that like, you know, are sometimes because of like mental illness or like uh, so some of my um there are recreations in every episode and what is very particular about this show is that they were shot on video (laughs) and then transferred to 16 millimeter Uh and then broadcast from dat tape 
So huh. it it is one of the most singular looking things. Like I don't, th- I think it's like one of the only shows that has ever done that process in like mm-hmm. the history of shows. So when you think of like old, you know, like this is a recreation kind of sh- like Dateline or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think of this sort of like gauzy weirdness. Right. Um. This is that show. Like most <laughs> most of those shows are usually just oh it's video or they whatever. This show had this very particular like dreamlike quality to its recreations. Yeah, I wonder like because um, I'm watching it now. It's so fucking weird. Like I <laughs> like what encouraged them to like do it like this at the time because it's like this is the kind of thing you would do now to make something look weird and old. You know, yes. this is like the kind of process you would do now as a means of like gussying it up in a weird way. Like back then this would have been like technology that they had access to, to do in a more regular way, you know? Yeah. I don't know why they decided to do that. Um, I think it was just like, they wanted it to look a little more filmic, but didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. And, that's my guess is that they wanted to look a little like more quality and it looks interesting. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't say quality it, necessarily. It, it, it but... makes me want to make a whole movie like that where you shoot mm-hmm. it on VHS tape and then transfer that to 16 millimeter. Cause it makes it look like you're literally watching someone's broadcast broadcast dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks impossible. And what's so fucked up is that you're sometimes they show ghost stories like, they'd recreate ghost stories in that way. Some of them are fucking terrifying because of the way it looks. Um, but I wanted to mention two uh, really specifically before we get into Starship Troopers, uh, just encourage people to uh, watch them. Uh, there's one that is, um, there's one called, well, I don't actually know what it's called. I think it's, I don't, I don't think any of them have names. Like the episodes are just episode one, episode two, but Mm -hmm. there is a, Oh, they're broken up into segments. Like each, uh, each episode is an hour, 44 minutes. Uh, and then there's usually three segments. So three stories, like a campfire story. And there's one segment about Danny Casolaro. And are, are you, do you know about that? No. Danny Casolaro was a freelance journalist who had spent I don't know, like 20 years of his life researching this case called like the Inslaw case mm-hmm. where this like technology company made this software called Promise that it this is like deep conspiracy, like deep politics stuff. Thing is, is that he was researching this thing that is basically responsible for like maybe responsible for Iran Contra and the Phoenix program and now like the <laughs> the current state of like the NSA and like it's, it goes really deep. But the point is, is that he was calling it the octopus, like this huge story that like all kind of came back to this software that the U S government was using to like spy on its own citizens, run prisons, run like black site prisons, run spy on other countries, like this software that they were using to like just extend its reach. Um, He was. And then one day, Uh, He was like really close. He was writing to people about like these last couple interviews he was doing before he finished his book. Uh, And he showed up in a bathtub in a Sheridan hotel with his wrist slashed to the bone like 12 times. (laughs) So like pretty clearly murdered by somebody even. Uh And so the unsolved mysteries about this like pretty clearly is like 
no one thinks he killed himself what yeah. happened to him so right. it's like they don't really mention that like maybe the cia killed him but like it's sort of under the it's the undercurrent of it so it is a really cool way to watch like a conspiracy sort of like deep politics thing because it has this really cool 80s nightmare sheen on it anyway i won't mention the other one because we're at time but uh <laughs> i would say if you've never seen Unsolved Mysteries, check it out. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, there's c quite a few episodes that I'd recommend that one. And then I think her name was like Cindy something. Uh, there's a lot of really interesting. Also, the Circle Town letters. Um, highly that recommend. Sounds really familiar to me. Circle, Circle Town, town letters, letters was this one where um, people in this small town started receiving these like Zodiac killer type of messages. Mm -hmm. And like some guy was like, Oh, Circleville. Circleville, Circleville excuse me. Um, that's a really weird story. And the truth of what actually happened is even stranger. That's what's better is that like the unsolved mysteries make them really spooky and weird. And then like the truth of them is always really awful <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and somehow still really spooky. And like you sort of get this sense. What I like about it is that it's one of the only like supernatural feeling shows where like the eldritch horror is just like how awful people can be mm -hmm. and like how bad like humanity can become when it's like <laughs> in these bad situations. Um, and as adult, as a kid, I think that was kind of lost on me. Like I, do you remember being, I don't know if anyone else has this experience, but I used to be like, if there's no big weird monsters, like, Oh, just some guy did it. It was really boring. Mm -hmm. And now I've as an adult, I feel the opposite where it's like when you use the language of like big monster, like HP Lovecraft horror to describe like the evil things people do is much more interesting and scary to me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I'm liking. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like where conspiracy thought kind of like emerges from, right. Is like kind of the feeling that like, if just some guy did it, then, then that's kind of scarier than if it's like a grand conspiracy of you know government and whatever and <laughs> right if it's just some guy who fucked up and like that you know like uh what is it there's the one that like uh there was like almost a uh an accidental nuclear holocaust just because like an airplane like accidentally discharged a nuke <laughs> that it was transporting across the country and right. like if if it hadn't uh like if 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 it hadn't been for like the triggering mechanism being like outdated and broken, like it would have blown up. We would have never known that it wasn't the Russians and the whole world would have fucking ended. <laughs> yeah. We're always on the precipice, pre precipice of death because of like a couple freaks who want to mm -hmm. keep it that way. Yeah. So anyway, check out unsolved mysteries. Uh, now let's go to our feature presentation. <laughs> Movies, popcorn. Movies, popcorn, baby. It's time to talk about our feature presentation. Can't believe we filled so much of the first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good I work, everybody. I can really ramble. <laughs> uh, but Good we are now team. talking about uh, Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers. From 1997. 1997. Starring, starring Casper Van Dien. 
Dina Meyer, Denise Richards, Jake Busey, Neil Patrick Harris, Patrick Muldoon, and Michael Ironside. And Clancy Brown, right? Uh, yeah, Clancy Brown yeah. as Zim. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of a weird, oh, <laughs> a weird cast because I feel like it's like star studded with like the tiniest stars, mm-hmm. like all those guys. You're like that guy. I love that guy. Yeah, uh-huh. is are in the movie, um, but no one big, like no, no actual big. star. The closest to a big one in this movie is Denise Richards, and only because in the '90s she was. One of the hottest people anybody had ever seen on right. God's earth. <laughs> right. It uh, it doesn't make sense. How can she be that hot? How can she be that it's... hot? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> She's so hot that she keeps getting movies despite being a terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> She's not the worst actor. She's... She's not the worst one. She's probably the worst one in this, though. That's true. She's not great. Uh, but you can't help but want to look at her. Can't help it. She, she's looking good. Um, and then who is the guy who is her other pilot? Is that Michael Ironside? No, no. Um, I don't remember. Oh, Patrick Muldoon. Oh, is that him? Yeah, Xander. Bartolau. Xander. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a bunch of weird actors are in this movie. Uh, he was on Say by the Bell with Denise Richards. I wonder if they got the... <laughs> the I think the only person the in this who's really somebody is uh, Neil Patrick Harris. And he's that, not at this point. At the time, yeah. At the time, he was just Doogie Howser, mm-hmm. uh, which is very funny. This was like his fourth movie. And his second one was Purple People Eater. Uh, <laughs> and then after that was Animal Room. So he was mostly famous for, uh, you know, Doogie Howser. Um, and then we've got Gary Busey's brother, Jake Busey, who not brother, not brother, cousin, isn't it his son? No, it's his brother. He has to be his brother. No, it's his right? son. It's his what? son. Son of actor Gary Busey. Get the fuck out of they here! Have the Gary Busey's exact... so old. Then he 79. is seventy nine. Wow, he's got the same teeth. How can those teeth be genetic? They look How can so it crazy. Happen? They look like they were put into his head. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, Jake Busey, who otherwise is best known for like, uh, I mean, before this movie, nothing, uh, because the only other thing that I knew him from was Contact, uh, where he's like the terrorist guy. But uh, I only am realizing now that that's the same year. Mm. Boy, I'd love to rewatch Contact. That is one that I did not give a fair shake when I was nine years old and saw it. Where are the aliens? <laughs> <laughs> but that's one I that I remember. I was told this movie was about aliens. I was yeah, told this like movie you. was about aliens, and I just remember being so fucking bored. <laughs> Nine years yeah. old, ten years old or so, watching Contact oh, in my cousin's basement. All of us, uh-huh. my brother being the eldest of us, being thirteen at the time, probably all of us yeah. watching Contact, being like, "Yeah, we heard this is the new cool sci-fi movie." <laughs> Oh, no. That's no way to watch Contact. Fucking like, dr- like we, oh, God damn, it was like after a holiday or something, like late night hang sesh with the cousins, like up until 3 a.m. watching fucking Contact. <laughs> Be like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I had the same, I had the same experience, except with, I just rented it from Blockbuster and I was like, 
hmm. <laughs> <laughs> are there gonna be aliens or not um and i was i don't think i like i i watched it as in college and it's it's really cute i like i think it's a, a yeah nice i'd like to rewatch little it movie. um me too uh, but this isn't about that. It's about stormtroop troopers, starship storm, troopers, stormtroop storm troopers. Uh, and what is your experience with starship troopers? Because my experience was in 1997. I was 11, I think, mm-hmm. when this movie came out, 10 or 11, and I wanted to see it real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my friends said it was awesome. Um, there, I remember big billboards in Los Angeles for it with this poster where he's screaming, uh, definitely wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just remember it being a action movie that was out. And then all the critics hating, like everyone's saying it was fucking awful. It's a stupid movie. Everyone thought it was dumb. And, uh, all the kids I knew thought it was a fun action movie. And it wasn't until, Watching it on, I think, Comedy Central in mm-hmm. high school. It that was, can't it was, be right. It was on television. It was on television. Definitely not Comedy Central, though. I, I feel like it might have been. Just like as like a this is so bad it's good series. I don't know how you like, how would you have ever, ever even like look that up? Like what channels have <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. to it's, what movies it's lost what to times? Time. I don't, it probably wasn't, but that's my memory. Uh, it was on some cable channel and I remember watching it and just like laughing my ass off and not remember. And even at the time in high school being like, is this movie trying to be funny? Like I, I did not mm-hmm. understand that it was funny on purpose and satirical. I wasn't sure if it was just so bad. It was funny or what. Uh, and then it you kind of have to know something about, history and politics to make this movie make any sense Mm -hmm. uh and apparently in 1997 the dipshits who were writing for you know new york times and washington post whatever did not have any understanding about politics or history uh and thought it was just a dumb action movie so that was my experience and i i mostly didn't have much of an opinion on this movie except that it was funny and i liked it uh Mm -hmm. until yeah the late you know, the mid 2010s when everyone else sort of critically evaluated it. What about you? So I saw this for the first time, uh, probably shortly after it was available on video. Um, I oh, saw this like in 98 or whatever. Yeah, probably like 97, 98. Um, well, if it came out at the end of 97, so yeah, this would have been 98. Hundred percent saw this at a sleepover at my friend Phil Macaron's house. Uh, we watched this. We fucking loved it. Of course, and we like we would like play Starship Troopers like in our pretend like repertoire. Like we would like play with like Nerf guns and Super Soakers and shit and be shooting space bugs. Yeah, a hundred percent. This became like a classic of my childhood. Uh, I saw it a few times probably as a kid, um, and uh, I probably probably revisited it sometime in my 20s um not with any sort of understanding of like it's kind of like cultural reimagining or whatever or reinvestigation but rather just like as a sort of like i loved this movie when i was a kid uh i'm gonna like get high and watch it <laughs> like kind of like just enjoy like a little throwback fun to like my childhood thinking you were gonna watch like the like 
intellectual equivalent of like roller ball or something like yeah um or like con air con air would be a great sure. comparison to it where like me and my old roommate scott we would like you know get high on a friday night and like watch some schlocky action movie that we loved when we were kids and love it just as much because you're an adult and you're high and whatever yeah. and i just remember watching this and the two of us just like one scene after another after another being like i'm oh sorry God. does this movie fucking rock <laughs> what <laughs> Just like cracking up at stuff, just being like, this is so fucking funny. I can't believe we never realized how funny this movie is. Yeah. And how like self-aware it is. Yeah. I And and now watching it in the context of Verhoeven Month and, and having seen it so closely after um, Robocop and, uh, and Total, Total Recall. Recall, it's really interesting too now just kind of zooming out the lens on Verhoeven's style. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch Showgirls next week because I'm really interested in how his Verhoevenisms kind of like translate to a different genre, you know, right. because we've seen a lot of these sort of like uh, these action oriented different types of, of, you know, uh, sci-fi. Um, I'd be very interested to see, like, does he still do like the uh, the show with or the the you know the TV within the movie in Showgirls? You know, like, do we get like news broadcasts oh, yeah, yeah. that tell us a little bit about the world? You know, he loves that. He does it in every movie. He loves it um, so much, and it's he couldn't really, do it in Flesh and Blood because you know it was too old. But it's really uh, useful too. Mm-hmm. Like it's it it's a really good way of showing, especially what he's trying to show. Um, you know, propaganda. Uh, the way the narrative is being sold to the people in this world, like setting mm-hmm. up the world. It's like such a good motif. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that being in Showgirls. I saw Showgirls really young, like high school. Um, did not get it or understand it. Um, remember it being very horny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah, it's um, one of those ones that's like always on the lists of like, you know, worst movie of all time or whatever. Like, but then right. I don't know. I mean, people seem to like it. Um, I'm seeing no, th- this movie is. I, I'm seeing one of the blue links on the Showgirls page is gang rape, so that's no good. <laughs> that's not going to be. That fun. certainly doesn't sound like it's going to be a fun scene. Um, I think it's um very seriously a satire about. Hollywood and acting and and you know the 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 way culture sells sex mm-hmm. and and sells people and that's a uh, but we're gonna talk about it next week so there's we no are. need to that's true I guess I'm, we can announce that now right because we're we're transitioning from Verhoeven month into um, horny yeah, we'll February s- I think is what we're calling it <laughs> is that what we're calling it yeah horned up uh, February uh-huh i people people in the dark council had fuck brewery fuck had brewery some, had yeah. some other uh puns or whatever we'll we'll say that at the end let's let's talk about starship troopers starship troopers is um it, it's so frustrating the point i think you were trying to make and the point i'm going to make now is it's just so weird and frustrating to watch this guy make some of the most hilarious and awesome satires of the culture he was in and just watch decades of people be like the <laughs> why is this movie so stupid well and uh, it's interesting too because even if you switch your brain off on some of this stuff like i fully think that just 
as action movies with nothing to say about the world, RoboCop, Total Recall, and Starship Troopers are all also a good time. You know, like I don't sure. think that Starship Troopers is a bad movie. Like if you just were a complete dumbass and didn't understand anything it was trying to say, and you just turn your brain off and watch it as an action movie, I think this is a perfectly competent action movie with some very fun, you know, uh, actual, you know, heart pounding action sequences. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's still really well made, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if uh even if it's even if it's a dumb like yes, I totally agree. Even if it's a dumb um action movie, it's still a pretty fun, dumb action movie. Um I and we'll get to this, I think, but like I think that uh the towards the end of the movie around like the third wave of bugs scene, I was sort of just like, all right, Mm -hmm. I've seen enough of the faceless desert wave of bugs. Like it stopped being super funny or interesting. Like the first nighttime one is awesome Mm -hmm. when you also, okay, real quick. This is a movie about a fascist government society yeah, um, it's a global uh, human government of Earth. There's like space travel now. We know all about it. And yep. there is a planet of bugs that keeps firing missiles or firing uh, asteroids at the Earth. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's like, uh, you kind of get these like kind of glimpses of what kind of the broader society is like. There's no more democracy or there's like a kind of like a gated democracy. You have to be a citizen in order to vote in order to become a citizen one of the ways to do it is to become a soldier so all these like kind of like young well-to-do white argentinian people by the way yeah amazing hilarious (laughs) to be watching this movie you know as just like a dumbass who doesn't get that there's something going on here and just like (laughs) the the, like the creative choice to have centered the movie around blue-eyed white argentinians and be like i wonder if this movie is like i wonder if it has anything to say about fascism (laughs) i wonder uh you know and it's like we were i don't know we were children like yes we can't blame ourselves no it's understandable that i didn't understand but the idea that american press in 1990s was so uneducated about history is just like baffling to me Mm -hmm. that like there was nobody looking at this and being like hang on a second is this about america (laughs) like (laughs) no one even thought that because there is on the wikipedia and i do remember this lightly that I was very young and I don't really remember it, but I remember very vaguely hearing that people thought it was Nazis, like it was pro Nazis. Mm-hmm. And apparently on upon release, critics were like thought that Verhoeven was like uh pro fascist utopia. Mm-hmm. Um which is just that's really baffling too. But I guess it's like kind of a new I, it's just so fascinating that it feels like kind of a newer conception of America as like an extension of the third Reich, um, like a fascist country into itself. So like no adults would make that connection, but Verhoeven being Dutch is just like, no, <laughs> you guys are the fascists now. Uh, so it makes sense, but it's really strange and disappointing. Anyway, it's about a, militaristic fascist government over the whole world 
yes, you have to be a citizen to have real any real rights. Like you can't vote. And to be a citizen, you have to have mandatory uh, military service. So like military is sort of everything in this country, I guess, this whole planet. Mm. Um, and all of it is based around fighting these bugs who are, I guess, cast as invaders. Um, yeah, they like, um, well, they fire these like asteroids at the Earth that they have sort of like a missile, like a very Israel sort of like Iron Dome <laughs> defense system against. They do. And they just um, blow them up in they the They just blow them up when they get there. And then I don't remember what happens, but something happens where like Buenos Aires gets like wiped out completely. Um, I don't know how yeah. that's supposed to have happened. I don't think we ever get an explanation necessarily for how it was supposed to have happened. But basically, mm-hmm. Earth goes to war with the bugs and they send all their troops off to fight the bugs. And a lot of the movie is centered around um, our main guy, Rico, who Johnny Rico, who, uh, uh, you know, he's just kind of a grunt because he was too dumb to get into any of the like uh, office officer classes. He's like um, he's like a well to do rich Argentinian guy. And like his girlfriend, she becomes like a pilot. And then uh, his rival becomes like a pilot, too. And then like his homie, uh, Doogie Hauser becomes a like SS officer brain warp guy, <laughs> which yeah. I will say, I wish we got to see a little bit more. Oh, of yes. I would have to. loved to seen a little more of what they're because they he is sort of there and he's sort of very rarely there. But whenever he shows up, he's the one explaining like, yeah, we know that you were going to die. Our mm-hmm. whole plan was to make sure we could find the brain bug. And I think that I I always get a little confused because the way in which they tell what's really happening is a little bit underhanded. I feel like they want you to sort of become a bit of a conspiracy theorist for the movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's some, in my memory, there's some underhanded line or something that the asteroid was like allowed to hit Buenos Aires or mm-hmm. something like sort of a nine 11 kind of thing where it was yeah. like they needed to go to planet P or whatever to find the brain bug. And so they wouldn't have been able to, they had to like make some excuse or whatever. Right. And also they, they, they mentioned that, you know, they're, they, they invaded their planet first and the, the bugs are just trying to get them to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if they, are have some sort of uh if they actually say what kind of resources on the bug planet or whatever but it seems like some corporation is doing something there i mean the 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 fascist government is they want something there can't remember why well and it's also just kind of like it's kind of funny having the bad guys be just these kind of like unspeaking unthinking bug monster things that like it kind of like adds to this like very fascistic sort of idea of just like perpetual war for war's sake you know it's like it doesn't really matter like we don't by the end of the movie we don't know if the brain bug actually thinks and commands all the other bugs or whatever (laughs) all we know is that it has this big like you know clitoral pincer thing that it just sucks your brains out with that's all we actually know like for all we know these things are just like have the intellectual capacity of deer 
you know <laughs> we don't actually know shit about them but like we know they're this like great existential threat that we have to just perpetually be at war with and like even at the end when we capture the brain bug and like we're we're turning the tide and like this thing is really starting to come together like all that ends up happening is that we just end on a on a propaganda film of Johnny Rico being like yes we're going back we're doing the exact same thing <laughs> running it back again <laughs> Right. Now I'm the guy who says, what do you want to live forever? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a, uh, a movie about constant perpetuity and, and just like your whole culture being, uh, based off of murder and death, like a, mm-hmm. a death drive. Um, Verhoeven tried to read the book and stopped after two chapters because it was so boring. <laughs> he said, it really is quite a bad book. It's a very right wing book. That's awesome. Um, and new, the writer had to summarize the narrative for him. Um, and so he was like, well, I'll do it, but it's going to be a satire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't think the, uh, he says all the way through, I want the audience that be asking, are these people crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Which it is. That's what you're saying. You're like, these people are fucking insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what's also hard is that it's like so close to way to the way like the current day military works mm-hmm. um, that you're sort of just like, well, yeah, I guess they're crazy. You know, I was very amused by the way, watching this today, um, thinking about, uh, edge of tomorrow and how mm. like extremely similar movie. <laughs> these movies are except edge of tomorrow is just like what if we didn't really have anything to say and it was just about like a cool video game mechanic. going back in time <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of awesome also i have to say that is kind of a sick way to uh come up with an idea for a movie is just be like you know like one of the great satirical works of the 1990s what if what if we just did it, but we just didn't? Um, <laughs> what if we just did it normal, like? What if we did it normal, like, and maybe had a little <laughs> fun with it? <laughs> what if we put Tom Cruise? What if we got to see Tom Cruise running? Wouldn't you like that? I think that would be pretty good. And it is. It's a fun movie. Um, I mean, making them just like faceless monsters that have no purpose, like, is a really good way to, you know, make you on the side of war like mm-hmm. what if there really was the thing the fascists say uh <laughs> of just like an existential uh d- threat to our society and humanity right. well uh, that's what makes it so funny you know is that it's like they are this they are treated as this existential threat that has like the power to move literal asteroids to fire them at the earth and whatever and then like you see them and you're just like I mean, deer is the only comparison. They literally are just animals, you know? <laughs> like yeah. you, it would almost be a funny move to just have the movie be about, like, a war with an army bears of deer. Yeah. <laughs> no, again, bears can, like, I guess, yeah, bears bears are harmful and so are these bugs. But I don't know. There's just something, like, very amusing about that sort of uh, juxtaposition between, like, what we are told they're capable of versus what we actually, like, see with our own eyes. Right. Uh, one of the weirdest choices in the movie is how they fight these. They, it's supposed to be far in the future. And uh, we see um, them only shoot regular guns at them. And they like mm-hmm. barely work. Like <laughs> yeah. they're just riddling these huge elephants with bullets. And they're like 
take some minutes to slow them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't they throw more bombs? Yeah. Why don't they have... Why like, don't they do it the first time? You know, like the first thing they do is just like a regular ass like land invasion with people. And then they're like, oh, that didn't work well. Let's send in planes with bombs. And you're like, why didn't you do that first? Why didn't you do that first? <laughs> and I guess it's... I think the thing is, is like one thing I noticed this time was like they... what One of the things that feels like the purpose of the whole military infantry... What are they called? The MI? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what they're called. Something infantry um, is to show that they kind of function like bugs more than the bugs do. Like everything that they say about the bugs is true about the, the military infantry where they're just like mindlessly sending wave after wave of these bugs at them, at the bugs to, and then just like, Oh, well, you know, you've got this like base brain over here, like sending waves of these dipshits at them it's like they function as that kind of organism as well yeah and they themselves like only once in the entire movie do they even like come close to pushing back on anything like and it and it's not even it's just like it's you know it's an expression of jealousy more than anything when rico like gets rescued from the outpost and he just like kind of expresses momentarily like, oh, you fucking pilots get to be safe in your thing. And I'm just down there with the bugs. <laughs> but like yeah. even even with that understanding of like the actual like, you know, dynamic of the power structure of their military, like he still is just like happily taking every promotion, happily like sending himself into danger over and over and over again. Like when somebody like somebody tells him like oh now you're gonna be the lieutenant and he's like sounds great until i die or you find someone better (laughs) you've learned nothing from this whole experience (laughs) (laughs) they're crazy they're mindless bugs just fully like bent on violence yeah um so the, the movie is uh about this guy named Rico. He's in college. He joins the military for Denise Richards because, you know, who wouldn't, honestly? I know. <laughs> who wouldn't crawl in broken glass to <laughs> kiss Denise Richards? But uh, he he's dating Denise Richards. He's a football star. I guess it's like football, but on a basketball court. To yeah, be it's more like violent. space football. Um, and then his friend Diz really likes him, but he's like, "I, you're not as sad as Denise Richards. And uh, Denise Richards wants to be a pilot. She goes to be a pilot. He kind of is in the mobile infantry. It's mobile infantry. Mobile infantry just to sort of like be also in the army so they can both be citizens. She pretty immediately breaks up with him mm-hmm. after like, I've got a lot of work to do. You know, this guy who is also on the football team is here and we might fuck. So... Bye. And then uh, Diz is also in the mobile infantry. Neil Patrick Harris, who's also their friend, becomes a uh, psychic guy. And then basically all the other stuff we said happens. It kind of like loses the thread of like being a teen romance. Mm -hmm. Like this is, I feel like, pretty far into the movie, though. Like it takes him like half an hour to 45 minutes to get to the basic training. Yeah, I will and say that is one of the greater weaknesses of the film is That's we, funny cuz I really like all that stuff. I mean, I like that stuff, but it feels like I mean, well, I feel like it it kind of belongs in a different movie. Um Yeah, I guess. I feel like and, I and the I time that we gets... spend with them, I feel like we could be getting more 
you know, Verhoeven culture stuff. You know, I feel like we could be getting a better sense of. I feel like we do. I feel like we get a lot of fun stuff with the teacher and the guy who's got no legs. And he's like, mm-hmm. the, mil- the mobile infantry made me the man I am today. Oh, yeah. And then just uh, like slow pan down to his legs. <laughs> he has no arm. Uh, the the teacher has no arm. Like everyone's sort of like a mutant in, in the, the total recall sense. But because like all their, everyone has to go to the military. And so mm-hmm. all their arms are blown off and shit. Um, I feel like you get a lot. I like the football scene where it's like extra American gladiator over the top violence. Um, And then I like the basic training sequence, which, you know, I think by the time you get to the end of the movie, I feel a little tired of how many bugs there are. Mm -hmm. So I feel for me, the second half is a little weaker than the first half. Um, But it depends on what you like. Um, Yeah. I think they're all really fun. Um, So he goes through basic training he just gets promoted a bunch. Him and Diz start hooking up. Like, kind of who cares? It's fun while it's there, but like, it's, it's, it's sort of not really the point of the movie. Um, he's just like there to kind of become the fighting machine. Uh, Gary Busey, Diz dies. Gary Busey is his friend. Um, point is, is that they finally go to find the brain bug. And then they the they, the bugs take them hostage, which mm-hmm. is like the first that they say the bugs don't take hostages. Right. So they're like they realize the bugs can think. Um, uh, it's like threatening them. It stabs one of the guys in the head and sucks his brain out. Fucking gnarly. That one is awesome. Uh, and then uh, right as it's about to do that to De- Denise Richards, uh, who is a pilot, but they teamed back up later. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't really matter. I thought you were about to just be like, who is extremely hot. Extremely hot. <laughs> Beautiful lady. Uh, she cuts off its little proboscis mm-hmm. and uh, they get the upper hand with like a, they have like these nuke grenades, which is yeah. so funny. Um, baby nukes in their hands. Uh, so they like let that go and then they give it to one of their dead friends who was like going to sacrifice himself and they almost, they blow up everybody except for the brain bug. Luckily they capture the brain bug and that's you know they're all very excited and yeah. neil patrick harris is like now this is going to turn the tide of the war we're finally gonna know hilarious also that they're like everybody's like the crowd is like hushed and like neil patrick harris in his little fucking ss outfit like goes out and like touches its face and they're like what's it thinking he's like it's afraid and everyone's like yeah like, it's afraid <laughs> it's afraid we did it <laughs> Uh, yeah. Also, very funny to just picture. It's like, why is Neil Patrick Harris psychic? Like, is he actually, or is he just like, is he just like a rich kid who is able to like game the system in such a way to get like a more cushy job where he's Mm. not in imminent danger? And like, this is just like a because, like, of course you could fucking just like put your hand on the thing and say, yes, it's afraid, it's going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, that part of the movie has always been a little bit uh hard for me to understand why it's there um i don't really know i i assume it's in the book which i'm not gonna read Mm um i assume it's in the books and it's just there for being silly i wonder what verhoeven thought of it though um like what because it doesn't seem like isn't there there's psychics in uh total recall too yep i feel like that's mm-hmm. sort of just like a 70s like philip k dick writes a lot about psychics too 
And it's like, it, that's just like a seventies future thing where it's like, Oh, we'll probably evolve psychic powers by then. Yeah. Um, and that it feels very seventies sci-fi to me. Um, so I don't really know. It might just be there because it's in the book. Um, but I think it's fine. I mean, it's funny that the, mm-hmm. they're like and the intelligence agency part of the military is like actually psychics. Yeah. Um, I think that's cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a really fun movie. It's a really funny movie. Uh, and, you know, it has like literal Lenny Riffenstahl like ripoffs. The, mm-hmm. the, they're all their logos are like directly, uh, SS inspired and and Nazi inspired. Um, it's a commentary about fascists and it's uh, biting and interesting and funny uh, as a satire. It also functionally works as a good action movie. So I don't know. It's a it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I like it like, a lot. I, I wish all of the I wish all the action movies were this politically and historically intelligent mm-hmm. uh, and this funny. Like, I don't need to be taking that too seriously. It's not like I watch Die Hard. I'm like, man, I really care about if he gets back with his wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just be funny and fun. And, ha- yeah. you know, if best case scenario, you tell me something interesting or show me some uh, interesting commentary. So Paul Verhoeven is a genius, is yeah. what I've learned this month. Um, definitely, definitely better than Hitchcock. Hitchcock month. way That's better than sure. Hitchcock. That's um, for sure. So, so can we do a ranking? Can we do a ranking of, uh, Ooh, of, of our Verhoeven entries? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say total recall. Number one, baby. Total recall. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say total recall. Number one. I'm going to say starship troopers. Number two. I'm going to say Robocop. Number three, flesh and blood. Number four. For me, I flop Robocop and starship troopers. But okay. I, they're very close to me. Like I, I think RoboCop is texturally a movie I like to watch more mm-hmm. than Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers has, and I think I mentioned this last episode, has this very like plain '90s sheen that looks like it's a sci-fi Definitely. channel movie that is just like not as interesting to look at. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd much rather watch RoboCop if I'm throwing it on. RoboCop isn't as funny. Um, this is definitely a funny movie, um, and much more of a satire in that way. Like, I think RoboCop is a gross action, like a gross out action movie Mm -hmm. that is a little funny and a great satire. And this is, they're just really close to me. Like, I think I tie, I, I would, but I think texturally I'd, I'd like to watch RoboCop more. So basically the same list. But man, Total Recall is good. Total I, I Recall, just, what a fucking gem! <laughs> since, since that episode, I just like keep thinking about it and yeah. be like, "Damn, what, what a, a fucking what a good what a fucking flick. time!" Uh, can't believe we hadn't seen that before. <laughs> Watch that movie, but yeah, definitely recommend Starship Troopers. Um, you are uh, you are listening to this episode. You have s- more cultural historical political intelligence than any writer in the 1997 and you will get this movie because it's the world you live in now you know like it's hard to hide how militaristic and and fascistic the culture has become so it it functions i think correctly 
it's it was just like 20 years too early mm-hmm. um but yeah big recommend for me what about you Oh, for sure. Yeah. Big. <laughs> yeah. Big recommend on Starship Troopers. So that's movies. Thanks so much. This is the episode. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, please go to patreon.com slash generation loss and uh, join the Patreon to join the discord, join the Sopranos tier to vote. I am not sure if that will happen before this episode comes out, but we're voting on what show we're watching uh, this month. We don't know yet. Um, so go check out the Sopranos tier if you're interested in help in helping decide what show we're going to watch. Um, and the Dark Council if you want to decide what movies we're going to watch on the main episodes. Um, other than that, I have a new song and music video out called My Fault. Uh, check out Stay Inside. Jeremy has a YouTube channel that he's been working on again called Jeremy Thunder on YouTube. It's very fun. It's about city skylines and other games uh, that are about using a CAD software to make cities. (laughs) (laughs) They're about doing little tweaky things and touching stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that is our side things. Also follow us on Twitter at Jen Lost Pod. Follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's that's movies. movies.